at the track? The Hot Pass Racing Network puts you at the track with ARCA and all the major NASCAR series. From Daytona to the final checkered flag, the Hot Pass Racing Network is your inside pass. Really appreciate it, um, especially coming off your announcement yesterday. Um, I know that there are several media members here who have some questions for you. So we'll go ahead and get started um, with those questions, Eric, in the time that we have with you. So thank you again for, for joining us. Um, to kick us off, we're going to start with Bob Pockridge. Bob, go ahead with your questions, Eric. Yeah, Eric, uh, as you were going through this decision, how long did it take and was it um, a pretty obvious decision for you? Um, no, it was not a, a very obvious decision. Um, you know, I talked about this quite a bit yesterday after announcing it, but, uh, for the last several years, um, I've thought about like, just when is the end, right? Like I've, I've not thought about actually retiring in any of those years. Uh, but I have thought about like, when will it end? And I thought about it in the past when I broke my back, uh, in 2017 at Kansas. And at the end of that was the last year on my contract that year at Petty's. And I thought that could potentially be the end. And so I've had multiple opportunities to think about like, well, what will that look like when my, when my career is over? Um, and fortunately, and, and, you know, timing and God's will and, and all the things that played out to give me the opportunities to prolong my career to this point. But yeah, it's hard to, to make that decision to walk away from something you love. Um, I love to compete. I love to drive race cars. Uh, it's financially very rewarding. All of those things, um, you know, that's hard to walk away from, but I've got a family too. And I had to really consider that. And as I watch my kids grow up and get older, um, they want to get involved in their own activities. My son is really uh, into to team sports and my daughter is into uh, horseback riding and theater and dance. And, and those things happen on the weekends. Um, you know, they might have practice during the week, but their performances and their games are on the weekends. And I just, I couldn't keep, um, I couldn't keep going week in and week out chasing my dreams and watching them do their thing through text message videos and FaceTime. Um, I just felt super guilty about it. And uh, my wife and I have talked a lot about it. And we've prayed about it. And we just feel like now's the right time. Um, like I said in my video that I put out next year, I'm going to have a 10 year old and nine year old. I've got a short window to spend as much time as I possibly can with them before they have car keys. And um, they're asking me what, what time their curfew is. Um, and it's going to feel like I'm punishing them to, to ask them to, to be home, to hang out and spend time with, with mom and dad. So that weighed into my decision more than anything else is just that, that small window of opportunity I have to be with my family uh, while my kids are still young and they still want to be home and, and hang out because dad's still kind of cool right now. And uh, you're not in Daytona. So are you concerned at all about not being here testing and being behind come to five? Uh, no. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, you know, I think it's important to be prepared. And right now with the way the industry is and 
uh, limited supply of, of cars and chassis and parts and components and all those things, I think it's more important to be prepared for the season. Um, and, and our organization thinks that as well. Okay, our next question is going to come from Jordan Bianchi. Go ahead, Jordan. Hey, Eric, appreciate the time. Um, when did you inform Stuart Haas Racing of your decision? I talked to him about it over the, the holidays, um, talked with, with Brett and Zippy, and I spoke with people at Smithfield as well and, and just told them um, that uh, I, I've talked about it with my wife and talked about it with my family and, and that uh, – as excited as I am about 2022 um, when the checker flag flies at Phoenix, that that'll be it for me. And I, I felt like it was important. Um, once I kind of came to that conclusion that this was going to be it for me, I felt like it was important to, to get ahead of it with the race team and with Smithfield and with all of our corporate par partners. Um, Cause I feel like it's fair to them to, to have the longest runway possible to figure out what's next. Um, and to try and get their ducks in a row and, and try and plan accordingly. So I, I would want that same respect um, if I was running a race team or an organization. Um, and so I felt like they deserved that. And what's next for you? I mean, you, you talked about the family component and everything, but in terms of if staying in the motorsports with NASCAR, is that something you're interested in behind the scenes or, or any capacity at all? Yeah, I do. I do have interest in, in still being involved. I, I really don't have an answer on what's next. And I, I know that's crazy and a little bit scary, um, but I'm not going to sit at home in my pajamas and I'm not going to play golf every day. Um, I, I am stepping away from full-time racing, um, but I'm only 38 years old. I still feel like I have a lot um, left to do in life. And, and I feel like I'm still plenty young um, to reinvent myself. Um, all I've ever done is, is drive race cars. I, I became a professional race car driver at 19 years old. I raced as a hobby before that. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't have a plan B. I've never had a plan B and I don't know what that looks like currently. Um, but I do have a lot of interest in a lot of different things. And I feel like, um, again, getting out in front of it early and announcing that this is going to be my last year full-time racing I feel like that's going to present um, a lot of opportunity for me to have real candid conversations with uh, different people and different organizations on what opportunities might lie ahead for me post dri driving and racing. Um, and so, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. But um, I know that uh, going 40 weeks a year and all the stresses and demands that come along with being a race car driver um, that is, is coming to an end for me. Last question for me, you say full-time, you know, you're done being full-time race car driver. Does that mean you're open to doing a, a one-off or a part-time schedule, whether it's in Cop vicinity or whatever? Yeah. I don't want to say that I'll never race ever again. I'm not retiring from racing. I'm just retiring from full-time racing. Um, and so, yeah, if there was an opportunity to go do something here and there, um, I will, look at the opportunity. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not interested past 2022 of, of ever going on a full-time schedule again. I want to be around on the weekends. I want to, you know, I want to go to the baseball park with my kids and I want to have the, you know, have a few of my 
my son's buddies come over and have a sleepover and I want to be grilling out by the pool and let them have, uh, you know, have a pool party or whatever. Like all the things that I got to do as a kid because my parents were involved in my life. You know, my parents made so many sacrifices to make sure that I had an awesome childhood and I played every sport that I could possibly play. I raced go-karts. I did so many things. I had so many opportunities because of my parents and my grandparents' willingness to sacrifice, you know, their their lives. And they worked in, in you know, had normal jobs, but they were home on the weekends. And I want that for my kids. Um, I've been blessed beyond my wildest imagination to to do what I've done over the last 11 years uh, cup racing. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm ready to be a little bit more normal, and I'm ready to be home with my family. Okay, our next question will come from. Go ahead, Scott. Hey, Eric. Um, I know it's it's impossible to anticipate what the feelings are going to be like once you enter retirement. But as you've thought through this, is there is there a particular race or an aspect of the sport that you anticipate you'll miss the most? Yeah, I already know what that is. Um, I will miss strapping into the race car on pit road and, you know, the guys putting the window net up and me firing the engine up and rolling off pit road. There's nothing that I've ever experienced that is as exciting as that. When you roll off pit road um, to start any race, like it is awesome. Like you feel like you're a gladiator getting ready to go do battle. And that feeling is not going to be easily replaced if at all. And so I think I will miss that. Not think, I know I will miss that more than anything else. Um, just that, that excitement of going out to compete and to go drive my race car against 39 of the other best stock car drivers in the world. Uh, because you've mentioned kind of the, the all the, the moments that you have missed out on and is there is there like a particular moment where you were just like like the, it, you, it kind of forced you to really think long and hard about what direction you were going um no i think it's a, a compilation of of multiple decisions um especially revolving around the kids uh, for the last probably three or four years uh when looking at team sports for alex my son, and even looking at whatever hobbies my daughters wanted to be involved in. When we look at those, we've had to weigh out, like, what does that schedule look like? And how many games are, you know, how many games are on what weekends? And what does your practice schedule look like? And, and the reason we've had to look at all those things is we've had to look and see how it lines up with my schedule. And we've had to tell, you know, like my son, we've had to say, like, that's fine. You can play spring baseball. But if you play spring baseball, you're probably not going to be able to go to Bristol. You can't go to Talladega. You're probably going to miss these certain races that are favorites of theirs and, and favorites of our families that we enjoy going to the racetrack together as a family. And that our family would sacrifice that time together because they wanted to play an activity or sport and that I was still racing. And so year after year of, of looking at that and trying to juggle their schedules with what they're trying to do with my schedule and my schedule always wins. 
Um, and it has to, right? It's my job. It's, it's my livelihood. It's the way I provide for our family. But it's finally reached a point now to where it's like, all right, if we don't let them start doing these things, it's going to be too late, right? They're, they're going to be teenagers and they're going to be behind and, and they're not going to get those opportunities to, to all of a sudden start playing baseball in high school, right? Um, so we just, after a lot of thought and a lot of year after year of making these conscious decisions of either delaying them from doing what they want to do or doing it and then just juggling the schedule, um, it just feels like the right time. What's their reaction been? That's my last question. Uh, they're excited. They really are. I, and I, I think they don't really know. They're still young and innocent and immature and, and don't really have the world completely figured out. So they just know that by daddy retiring, that means I'm going to be home more, um, means I'm not going to you know, be gone every single weekend. And, and, and they're excited about that. They're happy to, to know that at the end of this year, dad's going to be, um, you know, around and, and more available. All right. We're going to continue with questions. Our next question is going to come from, let's see, Holly Kane, did you have a question? Hey, no, uh, actually he answered it. Thank you. Oh, perfect. Okay. <laughs> no problem, Holly. Um, our next question is going to come from Evan. Evan, go ahead with your question for Eric. Yeah, I, I'm just wondering, um, has this made you a little bit reminiscent about your days growing up and falling in love with the sport? And just what has the Tampa area meant to you as, you know, catapulting your career into to what it is today? Yeah, I'll answer the first part first. Uh, yes, it has made me reminiscent of just my love for the sport, my love for, for racing. Um, and I, I felt like I, I talked about it in the video that we put out on YouTube, is that I fell in love with the sport sitting in the grandstand as a fan, as I'm sure most every other race car driver did, right? Um, and I watched my grandfather race, and he was wildly successful uh, on a local level. And I loved it. I loved being at the racetrack. And then I got the opportunity to get in a go-kart and feel what that felt like. When I was sitting in the grandstand, I could just dream about it and, and imagine like how awesome it must be to drive a race car and go as fast as you possibly can. But then I got to experience it. And I fell even more in love with racing and and just the the pureness of it as a kid is so cool like I'm doing it for a hobby I'm doing it because I love it and there's no real pressure at all like when I was go-kart racing the only goal was to do as best as I could and to learn and to get better each and every time I went back to the racetrack and I eventually was was fortunate enough to take a hobby and turn it into a profession. And so, yeah, I, I, I am super grateful for what racing has meant to me and where it's taken me in, in my life, uh, both professionally and personally. Um, and yeah, I, I have reminisced quite a bit about it, um, knowing that, you know, this year will be it. And then, uh, 
last question for me is also just, I know you talked about what you're going to miss the most, but as far as that reminiscing process, just what is your favorite accomplishment that you've, uh, you've done throughout your career? Oh man. Um, I think, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I, I think now really thinking about just what it takes to be a race car driver and, and all those things. Um, I, I am most proud of the relationships that I've made with corporate sponsors. Um, you know, driving is one part of it and we all are really talented race car drivers and, and sure some are, are more talented than others. Um, and, would I have loved to have more success on the racetrack? Absolutely. Um, I, I feel like I've, I've done as good as I possibly can. I've had great opportunities and I'm excited to go and, and achieve some more uh, things in 2022 before I call it quits. But the one thing that will last far beyond um, me driving a race car is, is the relationships, the people that I've, had impact me in my life and that I've had an impact in their life. And that is the thing that I'm most proud of. I know it sounds corny and I know people kind of say that all the time about like retiring and that, you know, they'll miss the people more than anything else. Um, but for me, it's true. Um, I I've built some incredible personal relationships uh, with a lot of great people um, along my journey. And I'm, I'm most, uh, I'm most happy about that. Okay, our next question is going to come Rob, go ahead with your question. Hey there, congratulations on your next steps in racing. But first of all, I know you got a big season ahead, so just a couple of questions for me. Um, you know, you were one of the first faces of NASCAR Diversity's pro diversity program. So what does it mean to you to lead that effort as one of the first minorities to succeed in NASCAR? Uh, yeah, that means a lot to me. And I've never, I've never really viewed it that way, even from the beginning. Like when I, when I first got the opportunity to go to Joe Gibbs Racing with Reggie White in that diversity program, I viewed that as an opportunity um, that I was very grateful for, but I never viewed myself that way. Like I just viewed myself as, a race car driver that just so happens to have a dad that's from Cuba um, that allowed me to, to get that opportunity that I'm a first generation born Cuban American. And so I've never really, um, I've never really thought of myself as a quote unquote diversity or Cuban um, race car driver that, uh, you know, needed to, wave that flag or anything. I've just viewed myself as a race car driver and my, I happen to have a uh, olive complexion and, uh, and, and dark hair and, and dark eyes and um, have a, a bloodline from Cuba. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm super happy and grateful um, for the opportunities that it has, that it has brought to me. And I am extremely proud when I think about that of what my family has done. I don't feel like it's as much about what I've done. It's, it's way more about what my family's done. And we documented that a lot um, through one of the, one of the uh, short story films that we did 
about me going back to Cuba and kind of tracing my roots uh, when I was driving for Richard Petty Motorsports in that I am incredibly humbled um, to see where my family's come from. I mean, literally hundreds of miles, or not hundreds, but a hundred miles of, of dirt road um, out in Pinar del Rio, Cuba with nothing. I mean, nothing, nothing. And to come to this country and completely start over, like they gave all of their personal possessions back to the Cuban government in the 60s and started over. My grandparents came here with uh, my dad and my uncle. And when they arrived in Miami, they got a hundred bucks from the American government and a pat on the back that said, good luck. And they have created a great life for themselves and for their family. And that I get to reap those benefits um, because of what they've done. So um, yeah, I never view it as something that I've done. I view it way more as what they've done. And I'm just a lucky um, bystander. It sounds like you've lived the American dream, which is so inspiring to hear. My other question for you is, I know a lot of folks have asked, like, what's your favorite memory and all of that, but what would you hope is your legacy once you hang up the helmet for full-time racing? Like, how would you want folks like me, journalists like me, to remember you? Um, just that I'm a, I'm a genuine person. Um, you know, that character, and, and I, I've learned this from my family, really, mostly, um, but character is really what it's all about. Like um, a- achieving success and, and, and making your way to the top by stepping on other people or trampling other people um, is not nearly as rewarding, um, I don't think, other than, than versus making it the right way and making it on values and character and building relationships and being genuine relationships and being who you are. Um, and that is one thing that I've tried to do from day one. Like I've never tried to, um, to get ahead of myself and I've never tried to think that I'm better than I really am or, or to think that just because I make uh, good money and I drive a race car for a living that I am, that I am above, um, the guy cleaning the bathroom at Darlington or the journalist writing stories or any of those things. I, I, I've just always tried to be humble and tried to be genuine. And I think that I would, I would much rather leave that legacy, um, than to leave any other legacy, um, about, you know, me as a race car driver, if it meant that, uh, my character wasn't, wasn't what it was. Certainly. Well, best of luck this season. We literally miss seeing you on the racetrack for sure. All right. Our next question is going to come from Taryn Wack. Go ahead, Taryn. Hi, Eric. Just a quick one from me. You mentioned how you want your kids to experience different sports and hobbies. Have either expressed an interest in racing? <laughs> uh, yes, they both have. Um, and for right now, it's just uh, – dabbling like uh my son has a go-kart we go and we go practice and and run around but we haven't he hasn't really switched it on to take it seriously um he takes stick and ball sports way more seriously he's way more competitive at stick and ball sports uh and then the same for my daughter my daughter has 
um, gone out to the go-kart track and, and drove and, and made laps, but um, doesn't really express an interest in, in wanting to do it competitively. But uh, you stick her up on top of a horse or you put her out on a theater stage and she just lights up and she shines and she loves it. And she puts in a lot of work. So um, yeah, they've, they've, I think they've expressed interest in racing just because like it's what I do and it, and our families, that's all they've ever really known, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, it, but yeah, as they grow and they get older and they start to experience other things, um, it's fun to watch uh, what really triggers, you know, their excitement. Okay, thank you. All right, and we're going to take one final question here this afternoon, and Nathan will go um, with your question next. Uh, hey, Eric, appreciate the time today. You know, you touched on it a little bit earlier, but how much will your kids miss being at the track, and what would it mean to you for your kids to see you win one more time? Uh, I think it'd be huge. Um, for my kids to get to participate in me going to victory lane one more time, uh, especially because they weren't at uh, New Hampshire last year. Um, we were getting ready to leave on vacation that next day when I got home from New Hampshire. Um, we were going to Key West, so they didn't go. So that way uh, Janice could have all of our bags and everything packed up. And so that was uh, hugely disappointing for them. Obviously, they were excited jumping up and down on the couch um, that we won, but they didn't get to, to be there to, to be a part of it. So uh, I would love for them to have that opportunity uh, to go to Victory Lane one more time before, before we hang it up. Thank you. All right, Eric, that appears to be all of the questions. So thank you again for spending um, a a solid 30 minutes with us this afternoon. Um, we really appreciate it. We wish you the best of luck in this final season. And um, just a friendly reminder to the media that are here with us that all the audio and video from this session will be available on nascarmedia.com. So, Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the World Center of Racing, Daytona International Speedway. We're so thrilled to uh, get things kicked off a little bit different this year uh, with the next-gen test beginning today. Uh, prepping for the 64th running of the Daytona 500, the Great American Race, here coming February the 20th. Um, always good to have a, a legend in the house when it concerns Daytona, when it concerns the Daytona 500. Uh, so very, very special announcement today. We, we've got some new blood in our sport that's coming. Uh, very, very excited to announce that today. And here with Richard Childress Racing, I'm going to get things started. Mr. Tori Galata, if you want to go ahead and tell folks a little bit What's going on today underneath this uh, car cover? Thank you, Russell, and uh, good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining us this morning. It's uh, great to be back here in Daytona in January. And uh, as Russell said, we've got some big news to announce today. You know, it's always fun to bring new partners into the sport. There's always a great sense of excitement around uh, the branding and the first time you see your brand on a new race car. So uh, we're all excited to be here today. This is the result of a lot of hard work by, um, by a lot of people. So I'm really happy to announce that uh, we have joined with 3Chi, which is a producer and manufacturer and seller of a variety of hemp-based products. And so um, this is going to be a new category for NASCAR, 
and uh, we're really excited about uh, leading the charge and being the ones to bring them to the sport. We, um, we, we first met with Justin Jornet, the CEO, and his management team last year at Indianapolis, and uh, Justin had never been to a NASCAR race before, but um, he, he's a, a really smart and aggressive guy, and he saw immediately the marketing power of NASCAR, and he saw what it could potentially do for his brand. And um, we, we were really um, impressed by their company as well. They take a very science-based approach to uh, research and development and the products that they produce. And um, it's, a, it's a very well-run company that's, uh, that's growing like crazy. So we're really proud to be able to, to, uh, to partner with them. And uh, I wanted to take a minute to thank everybody at NASCAR for their help. It was a lot of work to, uh, to make this happen. So Steve Phelps and Steve O'Donnell and Tom Swindell and the team really helped us to make sure that we were satisfying all of NASCAR's requirements as well as the requirements of uh, the network and, and federal and state laws. So this is a category where things are, are changing rapidly and we want to make sure that uh, we do everything the right way and, and really thankful for all of NASCAR's help and guidance to, uh, to bring us here today. So uh, the result is a multi-year partnership with 3G on the number eight car that will start at the Daytona 500. And with that said, Daytona 500 winning car owner Richard Childress. Richard, great day today to be at RCR and within NASCAR. Thank you, Russell. And it's great to be back in Winter's Circle in Daytona. And uh, we want to see the three chi. We want to bring Justin and all his team when we uh, our Tyler Reddick down here goes out and wins the Daytona 500. It's going to be a great time. I'm very excited about. Uh, being involved with 3G and uh, the many things that they bring to us all. Uh, it's going to be a fun year. It's going to be a, a year that I think is going to be a groundbreaker for this category in a lot of areas. So we're all excited about it and uh, can't wait to uncover this car. It's one of the coolest looking cars that I've, I think we've put out yet. We put out some great ones, but this one's going to be with the greatest. And we also have Justin Jornet with 3G. And Justin, why NASCAR, why the man you left, Richard Childress Racing, and why the man you're right, and Tyler Reddick? Yeah, well, we're very excited to be a part of this. Um, you know, after getting to know everybody for the, for the last six months to a year, uh, it was clear that, uh, like us, uh, RCR leads their industry through science and innovation and, and hard work. And that was, you know, anytime you have a opportunity to align yourself with somebody uh, who has those traits, uh, you take that opportunity. And, and so that was, it was a no-brainer for us. And so that was uh, just a great thing to be part of. Uh, really happy that, that, you know, I got introduced to this sport and, uh, and to see all the technology and, and everything that goes into it was, was simply amazing and, and something that we had to be part of. And with that said, Mr. Reddick, can you get your first Daytona 500 victory here in a few weeks? Well, uh, certainly being here today uh, with, with all these great folks, all you here today too, um, the excitement around this, uh, being able to announce it today uh, is really exciting for me. Um, some new, exciting blood in the sport. Um, just, just now hearing Justin say, you know, how excited and, and 
how much he enjoyed going to NASCAR race for the first time and, and what that experience was like for him is it, great. Uh, even for a young driver like me that's been around racing his whole life, when you hear, uh, no matter the age or, or you know, um, the area that you come from, hearing uh, someone getting exposed to something NASCAR uh, for the first time and loving it that much to, to the point to, to, to partner with RCR is great for me. And um, I have a lot of motivation. I always have been wanting to park a, a cup series uh, stock car here in victory lane here being that I've, I've been able to win a truck series race here before an Xfinity series race. I'd like to complete the trifecta and win a, win a cup series race here and, and having uh, 3G on our car for the Daytona 500 makes that even more important. So for me, uh, I'm very excited about today, but I know how important it's going to be uh, at this test, uh, at this, the next month that we're going to have to really work hard, um, not just for Justin and 3G, but for RCR, for Chevrolet, for, for all the people that, that have put a lot of work into this car. So I'm excited to get to work and very excited to unveil this car. Well, if you're that excited, you four come on down, let's unveil it. So what we're going to do, we're going to unveil the car first, folks, and then we'll take some photos. I got told to eat the microphone, so I'm I'm gonna do my best. From what you now know about the new car, how do you feel about it? Do you think things are rolling along as they should, or what do you expect? Yeah, I mean, I think going to a completely new platform, there's always going to be challenges and learning curves, and um, we've seen that throughout the tests. And um, you know, I think we're all working together to improve everything as much as we can to have the best on-track product we can come Daytona or come the Coliseum. The current car got to the point this year where the racing was pretty good in most places. Is it going to take some time, you think, for, for this car to get to the level where it's going to be a competitive thing every week? Or? Um, that's hard to say. I've got like three days driving it ever. So, um, you know, I think it's the car... I think is going to continue to evolve really quickly, um, and, and I'm sure little things are going to change and add up to big changes. So um, hard to say, really, if it's if it's going to look like that. But um, I know like everybody from NASCAR and everybody from all the teams, we're kind of doing all we can to make the racing as good as it possibly can be each and every week. And that's no different from where the current car was to where the next gen car is. But uh, we're all working together to make it the best it can be. Um, hard, hard to say again, just because I haven't been there yet, but, um, yeah, I think just having a race on it is, there's going to be opportunities to learn and learn about what the car likes and doesn't like, and it's going to be pretty cool to, uh, to get to race there. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, just seeing how the car races and moves around and fades through the course of a, of a longer run and stuff like that, it's going to be really interesting. I think that depends on how many cars we really have completed um, by the time the season starts. Like if we're in a situation where where we're 
worried about that, then yeah, I think it changes how you race. But if you're not in a situation, like if we have enough cars completed where we we don't have to worry about it, then I, I think we'll be okay. But the thing is, we can all sit there and say we're going to race smart and not tear stuff up, and then you get all 40 of us on the racetrack, and that kind of goes out the window pretty quickly. Um, for me, I just ran out of gears. I broke about every gear in the transmission. So, um, it broke as soon as I got in the box and I just tried to get whatever gear I could and ended up trying to hold the transmission in gear cause it kept just popping out of gear. But, um, yeah, bummer on that one. I've been, I feel like it's kind of a mixed bag what guys get for burnout cars. Right. And I've been really fortunate to typically get really good ones and, and have some pretty good burnouts. And, uh, last night just wasn't one of those. <laughs> I had to get my self-confidence back up a little bit for sure after how bad the burnout was, but, um, yeah, no, it's, it's still really cool to, uh, to get to do stuff like that. Um, but yeah, definitely, uh, making, I was, I was pretty embarrassed, so made fun of myself pretty much all night. Alex, uh, NASCAR's in the midst of a uh, major overhaul to both their schedule and their car, so 10 years down the road, what do you see being the future of NASCAR, the outlook? Oh, that's a tough question, especially for a guy like me. I don't I don't really think about that stuff too much. I'm pretty much like a immediate future type of guy, but um Yeah, I mean I I think, you know, the car is going to be different. The the tracks are probably going to continue to change quite a bit. Um the rules package is always going to be evolving and changing a little bit. So, um it'll be interesting to see, you know, I I'm I think it's changed a lot from where it was five years ago today, just with, you know, how the, the intermediate package changed and we've been through a couple different rules packages. But um, I think the new tracks is probably the most interesting part for me. Just going to some new venues and um, continuing to, to get to new places is cool. Yeah, we didn't have the greatest day, but, um, you know, really cool to uh, to see Allies' support of that event and the Ally 400 didn't really know what to expect coming back to Nashville. I'd tested here a couple times, um, seven, eight years ago, I guess. And, um, just how much they improved the facility from then, how much nicer everything was and how well prepared that track was for that event was, was really incredible. So, um, cool to be a part of it. Glad Ally was on board and, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so we've always completely built our own cars, um, our own chassis, our own bodies, all our parts, like we've built our own stuff from the ground up this year after last year's struggles, we kind of switched that. And, um, I switched chassis manufacturer, switched chassis, just went and bought, uh, kind of what everybody else runs. And, um, I got the first one in like September, um, and we were able to put that car together. We went to Millbridge, and, and we won that midget race there. But I got the, the second two last week, so I've got a lot of, a lot of work to do. Um, I, think, I think we'll be fine, um, but definitely going to be thrashing at the shop between now and then. Yeah. Jake Swanson.
Uh, I guess Chase is going to beat all of us at that, right? Um, since he's a pilot and all, but yeah, I don't have, I don't have any flying skills. So, um, I don't know. I'm pretty marginal at driving them on the ground. I think driving them in the air might get a little sketchy for me. So talking about racing on the dirt here, uh, Alex, what is your preferred style? Southeast, Southwest red clay or anything else across the East coast? Um, I think it depends on the track and the prep, honestly. Like, I think there are some some red clay places that are prepped really well and put on a good show. Um, but I also think there are some places that just dust up real bad and, and struggle. So, um, I don't know. I think Knoxville's got the magic formula pretty well dialed, and they seem to you know, be able to do a really good job with their racetrack the most consistently out of anywhere. But, um, yeah, I think it, it really just comes down to the prep. Um, I don't know. I I live in Charlotte, so the east is closer, so I'll go with that. How would you evaluate your 2021 season? We pretty much either won or finished last. So, um, you know, last year we ended the season extremely consistent, um, finished sixth in points, had a really great playoff run. Nobody really cared. You know, it was cool to finish sixth in points, but we only won one race. Um, this year we won four races. We won a race in the middle of the playoffs and, um, you know, we finished bad in points 14th, but we, we still won four races. So looking back at it, I'd rather have the four trophies. Um, but you know, it would be nice to be able to figure out the consistency side of it. What do you need to do to get there? I think, you know, as a team, um, Greg and, and myself and everybody on our team have been asking ourselves that for, four years now so um we got to figure it out and got some work to do to make it happen but uh there's a lot changing next year and hopefully it benefits us i don't know it's, it's tough to say i think you know the schedule for the last you know two years has really opened it up to go run a lot of other things. Um, I think going back to more traditional of a schedule is going to kind of take away some of the opportunities that there were, but um, I'm going to try to run probably 30 sprint car races next year. So um, looking forward to it. It's just going to definitely make your weeks a little tougher, but um, I think seeing Chase do it's really cool. I've been telling William Byron he needs to get in a midget as soon as possible. He can't be the only one of us not running Chili Bowl. So um it's uh, it's a lot of fun to get to go race other stuff, and I definitely really enjoy it. How does that schedule work out for you? Are there a lot of events that are near Cup events, or are these midweek shows? How does that work out? Uh, a little bit of both. Um, just trying to put together the the best plan I can. I've been leaning on Kyle as much as I can because he's obviously a pro at finding races. So um, I think you know honestly, a lot of it's midweek stuff and. The only sprint car series that races midweek really is the Outlaws, so I'm going to run a lot of B mains and C mains, but um, it'll be a lot of fun, and I feel like I'll learn a lot and, and be able to enjoy it a lot. So no expectations, just uh, go have fun. It'll be pretty cool. Will this be your own stuff? Or you race yeah, I've, we we ran like, I ran six or seven races this year in the sprint car, and um, CJ Leary drove it for like 25, so uh, it'll be my own stuff. Joe Gertie's the crew chief on it, and it should be pretty good. Kyle, you know, told Chase, hey, get in a, get in a, a sprint car and 
things happen so fast, it'll make this thing kind of slow down. Does it make you a better driver in a cup car? I think the wing car does, yeah. I, I think everything happens so quickly. Um, it just slows down anything else you sit in um, just because of how fast those cars are on such a small racetrack. I don't know that running a midget or an all-wing car really has the same effect, um, although they are super fun and I'll race lawnmowers if I can. So um, I don't know. I, I think it, it definitely helps a little bit. I don't think it's going to, you know, completely change you as a race car driver and make you a ton better, but um, I think just kind of slowing down how things feel might, might help a little bit. I, I raced a lawnmower sprint. Lawnmower about killed myself. I just want to <laughs> Good to know. They, you're the roll cage, man, with the hay bales. Yeah. Good to know. You got any video of that? Uh, actually, somebody does, but uh, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't Perfect. There were screaming involved. And, oh, you know, no. Like you know, so um, I, I look at the point standings, and I go, 14th? How in the world did that happen? I mean, how did that happen? Uh, yeah, like I said, we either won or finished last, so... Um, I don't know. We just had our fair share of bad luck, wrong place, wrong time. And then we had a lot of races that we just didn't do what we needed to do. So, um, you know, places like Texas, where I think we were going to be really good, um, you know, we get caught up in somebody else's mess on like lap 30 or something, you know, nothing you can do. But then um, we go to Phoenix and, you know, we won Martinsville the week before we go to Phoenix and we just run 15th to 18th all day. So, um just need to figure out the consistency. Four wins, though. That's quite a feather in your cap to say, hey, I, I won four races in the season. That's pretty big. Yeah, yeah, it definitely feels good to uh, to go home this year with four wins. And only guy that won more races than us was Kyle. So um, pretty cool to uh, to be able to accomplish that. Just, you know, everybody wants the consistency all the time. But uh, four wins is, is pretty cool, too. The most memorable, most memorable win, Martinsville? Um, no, I think Richmond, honestly, the the first win of the year, um, that was really special just with everything we had going on through the off season and Richmond being a place that we've struggled at for so long and going there and, and honestly running really strong all day, coming from the back twice and, uh, and winning at the end was, was really cool. But we won't forget Martinsville, right? <laughs> Definitely not. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I just got the clock this week. So, uh, pretty cool. Definitely a, a good one. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely good to be back. Um, you know, the burnouts and all the events are always fun. This is a really fun city that hosts us really well, and I think we're all appreciative to be here. So, um, really cool. Wish we were uh, on the on the good side of the stage, but um, it's uh, it's really cool to be back. Yeah, I think everybody just enjoys coming to Nashville, but um, yeah, it would be awesome to, to go to the fairgrounds. I've never raced there, but I've watched a lot of races there, and it looks like a really cool place. So um, good to see grassroots short tracks kind of thriving and, um, and headed in the right direction. It's really cool. So Kyle is sort of a chill guy, Larson. So how do you see him as a champ? He said, I could probably ask for a car or something or get what I wanted <laughs> if I wanted something special, but I can't think of anything, right? He's had a car all year. He's been driving around in Mr. Hendrick's Corvette all year. So um, I don't know. I think Kyle is, you know, a 
really great guy. I think, you know, he's really laid back. Like you said, he's, he's definitely chill. Um, but yeah, I don't think the championship's going to change him at all. I think he still just wants to race anything whenever he can. And, um, just happy for him to uh, to see him win a championship. And did it make you any hungrier knowing it was someone from your own camp that won the championship? Yeah, a little bit, but I think, you know, I want to win championships for me. I, I don't really need any more motivation than I already have. So, um, But it, it's cool to see and, and happy for Hendrick Motorsports, obviously, um, to uh, to go back-to-back as, as uh, the championship-winning car owner. It's uh, It's really cool. Yeah, I mean, I think I think his box to drive anything is just huge. So, um, you know, the car just has to be somewhat close, and he's going to get the job done. And I feel like, you know, when I have my car where I need it to be, I can go up against him and, and beat him. But I feel like my box is just smaller, right? My car has to be in a little bit tighter of an area or like closer of an area to uh, to be able to do that. And he's just able to consistently do that you know, even when the car's not exactly where he needs it to be, kind of across the board. You see that in the midget and the sprint car and stock cars, kind of in whatever. So um, it's cool to watch. You know, I think it's tough to compete against at times, but at the same time, like, as a race fan, like, looking back at what he's done, um, you know, whether it's on dirt or in the cup car, it's it's really cool to sit back and watch that. You got the clock this week. Where did you put it? Um, I don't know. I always thought the Dover Trophy was the coolest trophy. Um, I think the the Monster is pretty cool. Um, turns out the Monster can hold a bottle of Jameson the same way you can hold a diecast car. So I think that's pretty neat. But um, I I think that's a cool one. But the clock's also really cool. Um, stuck it in my office, kind of in the corner. So it's neat to have. Um. It is a process to set up. I didn't really expect that, but got it done, and uh, it's pretty cool. Multiple race wins this year, and in the hunt almost on any given Sunday. What did that do for your psyche? That was cool. I think, you know, where we ended up in points was frustrating, and kind of how the days went when we didn't win was frustrating. But to have four wins this year um, at some really cool special racetracks was was really awesome. So um, thankful for the opportunity, and I, I think it was really cool. Did you have to buy a bigger trophy case? I don't really have a trophy case. They're kind of just spread out around my house. So um, I am kind of out of room now, uh, so I, I gotta. they might end up in my shop now or, or somewhere else for the next one. Sometimes, yeah. Um, kind of. I, I've been confused by it at times, but other times it's worked out pretty well. So, uh, I don't know. I feel like we we tr- we try to use them. Like you plan for your day to be going really well, and for you to be trying to control the race, right? So, um, you have it planned to use. But then when things start going wrong, and, and like you're not having a good day, it kind of goes out the window, and you just stop using them, and you just say what you're doing because nobody really cares. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's just hit and miss. Like, on, on good days, you're going to use them a lot, and on bad days, they go out the window. Yeah, I think learning the car is going to be crucial and learning it as quickly as possible. I think being diverse as a race car driver and trying to drive different things and have different things to lean on is uh, is what's going to benefit you, just more experience in, in different types of cars. So hard to say what it's going to be because we don't really know exactly what the rules package is yet and everything, but, um, you know, seat time is going to be crucial. As many laps as you can get in practice every week is going to be crucial and um, yeah, trying to learn that thing quicker than everybody else because I think the cars, they're all going to be so similar uh, speed-wise that, like, I think that's going to make passing pretty tough and uh, the field's just going to be super close. So if you can elevate yourself a little bit over guys as a race car driver and um, start up front and kind of position yourself better to start the day, I think that's going to be really crucial to having a good day. Um, I think it's going to be different with this car, but trying to figure it out faster than everybody else is going to be key, right? So um, everybody's going to have to learn. There's nobody that's going to be perfect right off the bat, and just trying to do that learning more efficiently than everybody else is, is going to be where the advantage is gained. So I ran Martinsville, the wheel force car, first cup off weekend last season. And then I guess just Roval and then Charlotte Oval. So the car changed a little bit from Martinsville to – well, I think the way the cars were built, like it was like one of the prototype cars or one of a lot changed, I think, in the clips and stuff. Um, but uh, how it drove didn't really change all that much. So, um, you know, excited to go back in a couple of weeks and, and see what gets changed and how it drives. And, you know, I think it's going to change a lot here in the next couple of months. So it's going to be cool to watch. Uh, Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.